Hello? Is that better? All right. Sounded loud enough in my head, so I don't know what that says. Um, sorry, all kind of sarcastic things were bubbling in my mind that probably were not edifying. Um, so what we want to do in the last few minutes then is to think about that foundation, but then just move very practically and ask, what are some things we can do to live missionally as a family? So the church is to think and operate that way, but the reality is the church is made up of, of individuals and then family of origin kind of family units. And so to be honest with you, if we're going to see it happen in the life of the church in full force, it's got to happen in the lives of individual families. And that's the reality. We've got to be doing it in our homes. And so uh, moms, dads, grandparents, husband, wife, whatever the scenario, single mom, single dad, whatever the situation is, God's called us to lead out well in our homes and to lead our families toward living life on mission with great purpose. And so the question simply arises for us tonight, then how do we live on mission as a family in a frantic world? We've got so many things that are piling in our, in our life so many things that are begging of our time. So I think the answer lies, at least in part, with our intentionality. Um, so I want us to walk through some exercises that will simply make us, particularly this first one, that will make us more intentional. And again, it, it, it doesn't matter whether you're just starting your family or just starting out as a, a young professional kind of person that age or you're um, an older adult, seasoned adult, and uh, you've walked many of these roads already. What we're going to talk about for the next few minutes applies to you. And that's what I want to say very clearly. So I'm reminded of Joshua chapter 24. Uh, again, don't have time to unpack that scenario. But this is a place um, where Joshua and the nation of Israel are declaring their loyalty to God. And Joshua is trying to lead the nation in that way. And so as the leader, he simply says, as a part of this at least, he says, as for me, you, you all have got to decide, but as for me and my house, I, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, you're being called to do that. That's what Joshua tells the nation. But he's saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so for me, this is almost, if you will, this is, a, this is Joshua's way of developing a mission mindset, a way of him declaring whose he is and what his life and what his family is going to be about. We would want to say the same thing about our family. As for our family, we're going to serve the Lord. And so developing missionally uh, driven families, there's three things I want us to talk about. The first is this, developing a missional mindset. And the way I want us to think about this is, is simply, I think step one is for us to simply write a mission statement for our family. So I'm going to walk you through a series of questions. They're also on your uh, note sheet. If you don't have a note sheet, I would beg you to please pick up one on the way out. It's out there in the chair because I want you to have these kind of questions or steps so that you can sit down at home this week, separate out of time to have coffee or sofa conversation time, whatever it is for you and, and your spouse or whoever, sit down and work through this, but let's get it started for now. So writing a mission, so writing a family mission statement, for me, a personal mission statement was a big deal about 25 years ago as I was just... Uh, starting college and beginning, God calling me to, to vocational ministry, uh, I just like, Lord, I know that you're calling me to step into this, but I need clarity about what my life is supposed to be about. Give me some parameters. I know it's about glorifying you. I know it's about being on mission, but give me what's unique about my life. What is it that I have to offer to the kingdom 
that, uh, that I don't even yet know. Give me passion and clarity. And so he indeed did that for me. And, and so what I would say to you is I want him to do that as well for our family units. So that's what we want to do is we want to write this mission statement that will give you a way, almost a vision for what you want your family to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever that might be in your journey. But thinking through who am I going to be as a family? What's our family going to be? How are we going to get there? And I'll give you an example of ours, uh, my family's toward the very end. But step one, this is what I'd like you to walk through this process. So, um, well, any good mission statement, I think, a family mission statement would begin with our family exists to glorify God by, dot, dot, dot. Use your own language, but if you like it, rip it off. It's fine. It's good. So our, our family exists. Sorry, we're having problems with uh, our internet here. Um, but our family exists to glorify God by, dot, dot, dot. So the first step in this, then, if you look at your sheet, is to discuss the things that you value the most. Discuss the things that you value the most. So I want you to take about a minute. If you're sitting next to a family member, turn to them. Talk, talk. You got, I know it's not long, 60 seconds, 90 seconds. How are you spending your time? That's really what I mean by this. What do you value? You, you value what you spend your time doing. I promise. promise that's the case. Unfortunately, we often have this really pretty list over here that we say are our values, but they often are disconnected from the way we spend our time, resources, etc. Y'all concur with that? All right, that's just reality. So, what's important to you? What, what do you value as a family? I.e., what are you spending your time doing, right? So, what would you say are your values that way? Take 90 seconds, jot down a couple things. If you're with someone, talk with them about it. If not, reflect on your own about that. And you've got a piece of paper. Go. You can make noises, okay? the quietest 90 seconds I've ever heard out of a group. <clears throat> Maybe you'll get louder as we move forward. I like a cacophony of uh, noise in the room. So uh, just quick popcorn answer if, you're, if you feel comfortable doing this. What are some things that showed up on your list of things you value? Just quick one-word answers. Family. So family time. All right, your marriage. Do what? Play. Yeah, recreation. Play. All right, yeah, absolutely. 
Do what? Okay, helping those who need help. So helping the helpless. Good. What do you mean? Can you unpack that for me? Okay. Yeah. Amen. That's glorious. Thank you for sharing that. Good. So trying to figure out how you're going to invest your time. That's going to be valuable in your life. So he, in our family, I mean, there's a whole list of things, right? I mean, from uh, just a whole long list of things, from vacationing to time with family to investment in life at the church to, uh, to education to sports. To, I mean, all kinds of things easily show up on our list. Now, the second step in this process, and again, this is something I'm going to beg you to spend time, uh, particularly if you're in a family unit, spend time with that significant other person um, and, and think through these things this week. I mean, before next Sunday. Don't let this linger. Set up a time, an hour, two hours if you've got it. Work through this and begin that process. But tonight we just touch on it. So number two, evaluate your values. So in other words, take that list, whatever that list is. For example, uh, sports. Is sports important? Is it good to have our kids in sports or be interested in playing sports or watching sports? Is that good? Sure, it's not bad. I mean, yeah, it's good. So the question, though, becomes, right, with sports or, or anything, it doesn't matter what's on the list. We have to take whatever those things are and we have to filter them back through the Scripture and we have to make a determination, does this thing we find important, this value in our life, does it match up with what Scripture says is good and right and healthy in our lives and, and redeeming in nature, etc.? So we take that back through that filter. When we get done, there may be some things. If we do this, if we do this exercise with children or grandchildren, it may be there's some things going to show up on that list that probably need to be pushed to the side, right, and be eliminated because they just really don't match up. And so what we wash out with, or what I want to ask you to do, is develop your core values. What are the four or five things, three or four or five things, that are of paramount value to your family. Now, if you're young, on the young end of this, and you're just starting out uh, perhaps a family, then, then hear me, you are setting the course not only for your immediate generation, but for two or three or four generations down the road. Can I tell you what I want to happen in my family? I want my grandchildren to come and say, you know what the Wilder family is about? The Wilder family exists too, dot, dot, dot. And the very things that I have done with my family, I want my grandkids and great-grandkids echoing multiple generations down the road. I, I, there could not be anything better for me as an old grandfather than to hear the words out of my great-grandkids' mouths. You know, granddaddy, you know why we exist as a family, as a big family? We exist too. Wouldn't that be beautiful words out of a 9 or 10-year-old? We've got to convince our families, our children, it's not, and I tell my girls this all the time, the decisions we are making as a family financially or relationally or the things we're engaging in or girls as three teenage girls, the, things, the decisions you're making about your own body and purity, etc., this isn't just about you. This is about my grandchildren. Because what you choose now and what we choose now will affect them. Grandparents, same thing that are in this room. Maybe you didn't do it so well coming through. Praise the Lord, there's still time. 
right? So we, we do the same exercise no matter the age. So then compose, after you've worked through, you've decided, here are the core things that are really important to us, I would ask you to compose a family mission statement. So compose a family mission statement. What is it that, that you want your family to be known for? And I don't mean in, I don't know, in prideful means, but, but what do you want your family to be distinguished? How do you want your family to be distinguished? What, what's going to be different about your family? And what I want to say to you all is, for most of us, this is a casting of vision. It, there's immediate application, but there's a casting of vision for 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now. For most of our families, it's going to take us a while. And most of us as couples or individuals, it's going to take us a while to get to this place in our life. It doesn't happen for most of us overnight because we've got to make it habitual. We've got to make it a part of what? Our identity. Out of that being a witness, right, what then is our, out of that identity in Christ, what's our mission statement as a family? So I want you to pause. We only have a couple minutes here, but I, I want you to pause for two minutes. What's at least one or two phrases? Matter of fact, let's lower the bar. One phrase that you would want to include in your family mission statement. Again, whether you're single or married, older, younger, whatever, what would be one phrase at least that you would want to include in that? And we began it at least by, this family exists to glorify God by. Give me one phrase. Go. Take two minutes. Either reflect on it personally or with someone else. Good thing we're not playing football. That's almost two minutes. All right. <laughs> um, anybody, one phrase, three, four, five words that you might want to include in a mission statement that, that you spoke about or you wrote down? Yes, ma'am. So a, a care, a concern. I have a, our family has a concern for lost family members. Great. Another phrase that you would want to stick in there. Oh, I love that. Knowing and applying God's word. At the, listen, y'all, what's going to drive us is knowing God's word, knowing his will. That is going to drive the believer to apply that, I promise you. Being marinated, saturated in the word, it's the word implanted that changes us from the inside out. Anybody else? Oh, man, I love that. Displaying the gospel through whatever that might be. Fill in the blanks. I like that. So y'all got a sentence to get started on, right? So I'll share ours at the very end, but compose your family mission statement. You're already beginning to realize that an hour is not going to do it over coffee in one week, right? This is something that should be labored over. 
you should have conversations over. But you need to get started and get it well underway this week. Don't let more than seven days pass for this thing to get operative in your life. And then begin to sort of work it out in more detail. And then, so after that mission statement is there, make a commitment as a family um, to memorize your mission statement. If you're a, a single individual, share it with other family members, your larger family. Look, this is what I am committed to. This is who I am now and who I'm going to become. Share it. But, but commit to memorization. Why? You need to rehearse this in your mind and your heart. When? When life is frantic and you're thinking, I don't have time to step in and do X. You need to rehearse this in your mind and go, oh, but I must because this is who I am. Oh, I must because if I don't, I'm, I, I want to fulfill this vision in my life. So rehearse it. Too often we, we listen to the outside world and voices rather than preaching and proclaiming the gospel or preaching a vision that God's laid on our heart, preaching that and hearing that. Does that make sense? So you rehearse it, you memorize it so you can rehearse it and preach it to yourself in those critical moments when you're making decisions about time allocation and resource allocation, money, etc. And then establish a game plan. So you can have a mission statement, but if you don't have an established game plan to pull that thing off and bring it to fruition, it's nothing more than pretty words on a paper or perhaps even nice prose that you have memorized and can rehearse and spout out to a family member. You've got to have a game plan in place. So what does that look like? How will you engage missionally in your neighborhood, in your Jerusalem, and then to the othermost parts of the world? What's that going to look like for you? How are you going to do it locally? How are you going to be engaged in missions beyond? How are you going to serve in this community? How are you going to be in the city for the city? How are you going to be in the community for the community? Gospel transformation. What does that look like in your life? How are, are you going to be a sender or a goer on international mission trips out of this church? May, may God in the next five years, ten years, may, may 100 people or more, 200 people or more engage people groups across the world with the gospel. May that happen. And may you be a part of that. Some of you who are more seasoned in age, here's the reality. First of all, research tells us clearly that senior adults um, are more open now than ever to engage missionally. Secondly, you've got time and financial resources you didn't have before. So, Michael, I'm, I'm living on the margins. I got it. But if you're not having to work 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week and you're meeting your basic needs in your home, suddenly you've got time. And that's valuable. I can tell you story after story after story of older adult in the life of the church who've engaged and just poured just crazy amounts of time into engaging missionally. The changes in their life. I know one couple, for example, they, they sold their house and bought, bought a big RV and they travel and they'll set up shop with uh, disaster relief stuff for three months at a time in places or go to a particular youth camp and serve for three months during the summer. What great freedom that is and what great opportunity to serve. That's what you're being called to, whether you're 20 or 80, that opportunity is available. So establish a game plan um, locally beyond, shoulder to shoulder, meaning laboring alongside of your grandchildren 
or your, what beautiful image would it be of a grandparent, grandparents, parents, and a grandchild all on the same mission endeavor? How fun would that be? I hope it's already happening, but if not, get a vision for that. Shoulder to shoulder. That can be right here in this community, or it can be in uh, Nigeria. It can be anywhere in the world. Uh, sending. So be, a, be generous with the resources God's given you. Let that be a part. Ma- matter of fact, the, the scripture is clear that we are to labor hard, we are to work diligently, that we might have enough to provide for our family and to do what? To share with those in need. That's what the scripture says. So when I work hard, I'm supposed to provide as a husband, I'm supposed to provide for my family, but I'm also supposed to have an eye toward how can I take some of these resources and meet needs of other people and make the gospel shine. Anyway, many things. Could you not be a family, a faith family, for an uh, an unchurched, let's say a teenager or a child, comes to faith in the life of this church and this community, they've come by friends or whatever, and their family is unbelieving, how could you step in as a church body and be a faith family, your family? How could you adopt that teenager in a way, spiritually, to step into their lives? Just practically, having them at your dinner table, sharing Bible discussions with them. If you're going to some fun event and you've got teenagers, invite them along to join you. That's the kind of thing you can do quite easily and build bridges into those homes where the gospel's not fully present except through that individual. People groups in your own community. I don't know the demographics exactly. I was going to look them up, didn't, but I didn't. And so I don't know the exact demographics of this community. My guess is that there is probably some diversity in this community, uh, at least within a 30 or 40 mile radius. There are people groups from all over the world that would be present in this area. In Louisville alone, there's over 100 people groups. The world has come to Kentucky, and we can step in. Yeah, it's great to go to Mexico on a mission trip. Let's do it. But you know what? There are those who, need, who are Hispanic in this community or in the outlying areas that need us to step in. It's great to go to Russia and do a mission trip or China, wherever, but those folks are here in our broad community. How will you step in to their lives? On and on and on. Engaging in your schools. How are you going to step in and engage in the public schools or the Christian schools in this community? This is all a part of the game plan that we're talking about. So establish a game plan. Developing a missional mindset is imperative. And one way to start that intentionality is by writing out a mission statement. Number two, and this is diminishing returns here, uh, maintaining a missional mindset over time. So you start out well, but you've got to maintain that as you move forward. Three key phrases that I would give you if you want to write them down. You can unpack them in your thoughts later. But be a part of life-giving community. Life-giving community. Um, yeah, it's just what it says. Be part of life-giving community. This will help you maintain missional mindset. Be in small group, Bible studies, whatever the construct is, where folks can spur you on to service and mission. Be a part of life-shaping service. Engage your children and grandchildren in life-shaping service. When we engage in service and mission, we are transformed. So what does that look like for your family? It needs to be intentional. It needs to be on the calendar. It needs to be regular or it won't happen because you've got too many competing voices in the frantic world we live in screaming for your time and your children's time and your grandchildren's time. So prioritize that. Be that grandfather, that grandmother who steps in and says, hey, let's go serve in this place together. 
what an awesome thing that would be. So life-shaping service, and then life-impacting mission. When you drive across the county line in this county, I want to challenge you, just something so simple. Do y'all pass the county line regularly? Yes? Okay. For me, I live in southern Indiana, so for me, it's driving from Louisville to southern Indiana. As I drive across that, that bridge, and I go into my county, which is Floyd County, that's the county line, state line, I'm praying for two things. I'm praying for revival among God's people, and I'm praying for spiritual awakening among the lost. Every time I drive across that bridge, and sometimes that's an elongated prayer, and it, it's the 10 minutes that it takes me to get home. Sometimes it's literally I'm done before I get across the bridge. God, revive your people and save the lost. And sometimes it's much longer. Simple things like that. Life-impacting mission. Be about that. Because if you will constantly pray in this way, your mind, you will maintain that missional mindset and attitude, and you'll be looking for those opportunities. Finally, multiplying a missional mindset. Um, next slide. So, multiplying a missional mindset. Uh, be what I would call an advocate in your circle. Be an advocate in your circle. So, championing the good things, the opportunities that you and your church or your small group's having to step in missionally, advocate that to others and draw people with you along the way. Model for other families. This is one of the most powerful things you can do, men and women, is to model this for other families because that's when it begins to get contagious in the life of the church. When I see another, there's a family that, uh, matter of fact, Todd knows probably well as well, the Stinsons. Randy and, uh, have they been here? Is Randy? Yeah. So Randy Stinson's been here to speak. He's a dear friend, colleague, uh, fellow professor, et cetera, at Southern. And um, man, I just, I look at Randy and Dana's family, and over the last seven years of our relationship, friendship, man, it's, it, they've been inspiring to me. They have inspired our family to go places and do things that we probably would not have done because they modeled the way. And this is powerful. When one or two or three of your families in this church begin to do this well, it will ricochet through the whole congregation. It'll ripple through the whole congregation. So be that family. When God looks to and fro and he's looking for one willing heart that he might support one family, would you just raise your hands and say, Lord, <laughs> right here, it's, it's our family. And we want to be that one that steps in and that other people get encouraged and inspired by. Finally, share stories often. Just share the stories. Share the successes, share the salvations, share the, 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 the tears that welled up in your child's eye because they saw someone who had no food and you, they had the opportunity to serve them food. Most of us come from, from families where, where the needs and a lot of the wants are already met. Our kids need to see poverty. They need to see injustice. They need to be engaged in these things. They might appreciate what they have, but recognize the incredible responsibility that comes with wealth and blessings. You say, Michael, I'm not wealthy. Oh, yes, you are. You drove here, you're dressed, and you got a full stomach. Maybe not so full. You get the point, right? You're wealthy. We're the wealthiest nation on the planet Earth. With that comes great responsibility. Think missionally, root that in the scriptures and the greater, larger story, and then live missionally. And so let me wrap up with this. I don't know if it's going to pop on the screen, but I guess it's not. Um, I wanted to just read to you our, 
uh, our family mission statement as an example, and I'm not saying it's perfect. We're still working through it, but, but let me read it for you. Our family exists to bring glory to God by loving him wholeheartedly and faithfully following him. We are committed to being a light in the midst of a perverse society by proclaiming the gospel, seeking social justice, and, um, and loving our neighbors well. It's not hard. I mean, it's nothing fancy. Nothing fancy. Love God well, right? Follow him faithfully and tell others about Jesus. Help those who are in desperate need and love our neighbors really, really well and have them at our dinner table. What if you had an un, a lost family sitting at your dinner table once every three months? Neighbor, invite them over for dinner, grill out. That's, that, that's beginning to make a gospel expression. And at some point, you'll have an opportunity to verbalize the gospel. Listen, you're here. Remember that little house right there, that spot on the whole world? Frantic, crazy, things are going on. And God is looking down and he's saying, or he's not looking down, he's among us, and he's saying, I want you to live missionally right where you are. I want you to do it in your neighborhood, and that's where I want you to start. And then we'll worry about moving it beyond that. In your ball field, you are here. How are you living? Are you living missionally? That's what God is calling us to do. Thanks. Appreciate it. Can I pray? Father, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and salvation in him. Thank you that you're working that out and that we can have great confidence in that. Father, I pray that we would, in this earthly sojourn, Father, that we would, we would be faithful followers of you, that we would love you, that our affections for Christ would just increase more and more every single day. Father, begin to just give us a glimpse. One thing we can do this week to step in obedience in this direction, God. Just one simple thing. Don't let one person leave here, including myself, tonight without clarity of one way we can step in faith and obedience toward what your word calls us and commands us to do, to make disciples of all nations. Lord, go before us. Grant us grace. Give us boldness and confidence, Father, and bring people into our lives that are asking spiritual questions. And Lord, let us have the confidence to just share our story, which is your story. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. God bless.